it was such a heavy crop. My brother Trevor remembers a deer running through the canola the day before it froze. And like you just see the ears of the deer, just super heavy crop because it was so wet. We cut it for silage because it, it yielded, the crop insurance adjuster come, it yielded 0.6 bushels an acre. <laughs> 0.6. But through that, he showed me, like, Wade, you're a farmer. Count your blessings to do what you're doing because you enjoy doing it. However, this is not all life is about, you know. There is more to life than just farming. The heart of gratitude, I believe, is good evidence of faith in Christ. Not to say that if somebody's grouchy, I mean, life happens, right? Snow falls in October and you can't get in this like, ah, you know? But in when it comes down to it, like gratitude, being thankful for doing what I'm doing. Hey all, welcome to episode two of the Farmers of Faith podcast, a place where farmers can share what God has done and is doing in their farm, their family, and their life. For this one, I got to go where a few farmhands have gone before and put my boss in the hot seat. Wade was kind enough to sit down and chat with me about some of his story. And all kidding aside, the thing that I loved about this conversation is it sounded like a lot of different conversations we might have as we sit over a cup of coffee, because that's pretty much what we were doing. We sat down in my kitchen with some coffee, a thunderstorm outside, and the kids being put to bed in the background. And if you look past the not-quite-studio sound quality, you'll get a sneak peek into the life of Wade. Enjoy. I had written down some stuff we could potentially get into, whether whether you want to or not, I don't know. But like, I thought maybe to start off, we could talk a little bit about your backstory growing up on the farm. Did you know that you wanted to be a farmer right from the get-go? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I always joke, but it's truth, but I joke about it. When I was probably Marshall's age, maybe younger, four or five years old, just a little guy. My dad's brother, my uncle Levite, or Lloyd, he would always be over and he'd be teasing me, you know, you're going to be a doctor. I'm like, no, I'm going to be a farmer. You know, that was just a constant thing. It still stands out. And yeah, that since as long as I can remember, that's what I was going to be as a farmer. But in growing up in the 80s was, well, pretty hard times. Yeah. Drought and interest rates, 20%. Fortunately, my dad was able to make a go of it. Mm -hmm. But But the attitude was... Get off the farm. Go, oh, yeah. go get an education. Go do something. This is not worth it. Get out. And so that's just what most guys my age and that did. You go to school or... Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I went to university. Got an animal science degree because I grew up mainly with cattle. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I graduated, it's like you got student loans and no income. So mm -hmm. you got to find... It's a good incentive <laughs> to find a job mm -hmm. quick. So I went to work in a town called Notre Dame de Lourdes, south 
west of Winnipeg, about 45 minutes. Okay. And uh, just working in a pig barn. Mm. <laughs> I remember my first paycheck. I was like, whoa, like, uh-huh. I'm the king of the world. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> did that first paycheck go to student loans or did it go to like... Uh, I had my student loan payment, whatever, but yeah, I, yeah. I don't remember. But it's like, this is my money now. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, but but I still... Actually, the same time, I still wanted to farm, mm-hmm. and I bought 25 cows roughly the same time, and weekends, I would come, that's about three-hour drive, I'd go home to help, and that, that lasted for about two years. Okay. And then, then there was a new new hog company started up in Hamiota, Manitoba, and actually, I knew the guy, one of the the main production managers there, I knew him quite well. And so, yeah, they were recruiting. And so Hamiota was a lot closer. It's yeah. like not quite an hour. So it was a natural fit to to go there. Cause, and also there was a lot more. They were rapidly expanding. So there was a lot more opportunity to get promoted. Right. Um, which was attractive at the time. Yeah. But yeah, so then I still worked at the farm. Got into a little bit of grain. Bought some more cows. Bought a little bit of land. I guess I missed, in university, I met my wife, Kristen, Mm -hmm. and she was from Manitoba as well, from Portage, the Prairie. And actually, when I worked in Notre Dame, we were good friends. We didn't date or nothing in, in I went to university in Saskatoon. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were just friends. She was in engineering. I was in ag. And if you know anything about University of Saskatoon, like, that's enemies. (laughs) Ag versus engineering, yeah. Really? Yeah, that's like... (laughs) Mm-hmm. But she did two years of that and didn't like it, so she moved back to Portage for a bit, and then she worked in Winnipeg. And during that time, because we're friends, we started hanging out, and then we started dating. Yeah, I get. Yeah, that's an important piece of the puzzle too. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of reminds me of the time. Uh, a small group. We were like giving testimonies, and I, I think there's one evening where I gave my testimony, and I got like halfway through, and I'm like. Oh, yeah. And I guess when I was 17. I <laughs> By the way, mother of my children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And another backstory, like we were not Christians when we met. Mm-hmm. Like we wasn't raised a Christian or nothing. But anyways, when I moved to Hamiota, we were pretty serious. Mm. And then uh, so she it was she decided to get her teaching degree. In Brandon, so she moved to Brandon, which isn't that far from Hamiota. Her credits from Saskatoon were able were transferable. So while she was getting her teaching degree in Brandon, she started hanging out with some friends, well, acquaintances from Portage that were believers. What's it called? Uh, I can't remember the name of the Varsity Christian Fellowship or something oh. like that. VCF? VCF? I want to say Varsity, Varsity Christian Fellowship, but don't quote oh. me on that, though. I'll look it up later and, like, <laughs> voice it in. <laughs> um, so, anyway, She had some friends, like, that were a part of that yeah, group. Yeah, they were... She knew them from Portage. They weren't, like, close friends, but they went to school together. Yeah. So, so she started hanging out with them. Yeah, and she became a believer, which was like so many layers of, <laughs> of uh, I don't know what's the right word, trial. I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> During our relationship, 
Um, Do you remember when you first, did she tell you or like when yeah, you first found out? Yeah, it was, <laughs> I was like, okay, this is just like a stage and I'm just going to yeah. write it out. Uh, yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. But like we were doing worldly things then. And so, yeah, it was like, we, we ended up breaking up. Hmm. And actually hmm. that process of breaking up is what the Lord used to break me hmm. to draw me to him. Hmm. You know, it's hmm. it's an amazing story, actually, when you hmm. think about it, how two people growing up in Manitoba that have nothing to do with church or faith, mm-hmm. a little bit, but not like nothing. It wasn't ingrained in us. It, we weren't brought up, you know. Right. And you move out of province, meet in university. Yeah. As friends. And a few years later, you start seeing each other, dating. God has all the glory in that. That's It's yeah. like you couldn't write that from scratch on your own. Like, mm-hmm. to me anyways, you know. Right. So, yeah. So, anyways, I became a believer. I was maybe six months after she became a believer. Oh, okay. And so, then when I became a believer, we got back together and... How did she find out that you became a believer? You know, I... I must have went and seen her, but, like, but I don't like. That's one thing I I, I don't really remember exactly how it happened. Mm-hmm. I I remember. I think I shared this in my testimony at church. I remember when she broke up with me at her at my parents' place and drove away, and yeah, I was filling up my truck with gas, and it, that was the moment. It's like hmm. I see now, Lord. Like I'm. Hmm. I have no control over anything. Hmm. You know? Yeah. Anyways, fast forward to we were I was working in Hamiota. I actually was promoted to be a hog barn manager. We was we had it was just southwest of Hamiota, like two miles. Oh, yeah. It was the purebred barn. So I was doing that. It was a good job, like at the time, like they supplied you a house, they supplied you a truck, making almost double what I made before. So it was a, like they looked after you very well, but it was a lot of stress because you were responsible for everything. And if somebody didn't show up to work, you yeah. got to fill in because the work's got to be done, right? Who else yeah. is going to do it? Yeah. And again, working on the farm, yeah, when we got engaged, it was like, this doesn't make sense. It's either mm-hmm. I'm working or I'm farming, one or the other. Right. I remember having that conversation and we're just like, we're going for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um very nerve-wracking, a lot of trust in the Lord, because, like, man, we you're taking away that steady paycheck, and yeah, we're going farming, yeah. right? Yeah. And we didn't really have much land. My dad had a few quarters of land, but with cattle, and it's like, if we're going to make a go of this, we have to expand, because it, we just have to expand, because we can't raise a family doing this, you know? Right. Because I also, oh, I guess, like, my dad was farming and my brother was farming, too, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, there's three families, basically. Right. Yeah, right. Is that around the time, like, because you, you mostly concentrate on, on the grain side of things now. Is that fair to say, or? Yeah, yeah. Um, That's mainly because the economics favor Oh, grain. okay, okay. Uh, again, I, I wasn't raised in grain production really more in cattle but it's all timing too because we started we got married in 03 so we started farming in 03 2003 okay okay and we really didn't have a 
game plan. It's just like we're going home to farm. We're going to make it work we're however. Make, yeah. How, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And so then, like in 2006, well, let me, let's wait. Let's, 2003 <laughs> mm-hmm. was, yeah, the year we got married was drought. Oh, okay, yeah. So we, we actually sprayed out some hay land because it wasn't producing very good. And we zero-tilled oats right into it. And it rained like, I think it rained an inch and a half in June. Okay. And after that, it didn't rain. So anything that was planted early that year was reasonable. Um, I didn't have a seeder, so we custom hired guys to come seed. And, of course, we were last on the list. So our seed crops got seeded late. So we had hardly any crop that year because it was so dry. Oh, yeah. So it's a wonderful year to start. <laughs> Are you taking like a huge leap of faith? <laughs> like, okay, Lord, we're going for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the following year in 2004, oh, at the same time was BSC. What year was oh. BSC? Uh, I want to say it was It was within a year of, that, of getting married. I want to say 2002. But anyways, to my brother, my dad, and myself, we had about... 200 cows maybe not quite 180 thinking some cows are getting older we kept back mm-hmm. every heifer on the farm that year oh yeah as a replacement ai'd yeah. them that spring bse hit oh man those heifers those cows were worthless so you couldn't sell the old cows to get rid of them so you're stuck with this these animals and all well, to this day we have about 300 cows because of that move mm-hmm. um so, yeah, so there was that, there was the drought, and then 2004 was a wet year, kind of similar to the weather we're having now, but the whole summer, it just rained. Oh, oh boy. But the crops were really good, but I think August the 20th, it was like minus 8 in the morning. We, we combined 30 acres of barley that year. Which we shouldn't have even. It was just like feathers. Oh. Like everything froze. Canola was just like this. It was such a heavy crop. My brother Trevor remembers a deer running through the canola the day before it froze. Uh-huh. And like you just see the ears of the deer. It, it oh, couldn't yeah. even run properly. Like just super heavy crop because it was so wet. Mm-hmm. We cut it for silage because oh. it, it yielded the crop insurance adjuster come. It yielded 0.6 bushels an acre. Oh, 0.6. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know they measured that low. <laughs> yeah. And so, the, yeah, the oats we cut and we bailed. We had a lot of feed that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, we combined 30 acres of barley, which was, you couldn't even load it. It was just, like, feathers. Oh, so, so like, BSE drought mm-hmm. frost right at the start mm-hmm. so i say if we can survive those years if god pulled us through those years <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can make it through anything yeah, yeah. Um, so was that through those years is that like a huge growing and stretching time in your faith or was it just kind of a confusion of yeah it was i mean you learn to survive just with whatever happens. Mm-hmm. Actually, I got a verse to go along with that. Oh, sweet deal. From Ecclesiastes. I've been reading through it with the kids, actually, right now. And uh, Ecclesiastes seven fourteen: In the day of prosperity, be joyful. And in the day of adversity, consider 
God has made the one as well as the other, so hmm. that man may not find out anything that will be after him. Hmm. So it's just like you got to learn to roll with it, hmm. In, hmm. in especially in farming, because <laughs> if you're not, you are going to be set up for disappointment pretty quick. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of talk sometimes in farming circles of uh, mental health when it comes to dealing with things. And so along with that, you, you hear a lot of guys talking about what they try to do to, to keep healthy mentally. And I'm not I'm not trying to knock those mm-hmm. those efforts to try to improve their mental state and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. You can go through like a few years like that and things can look pretty dire, pretty hopeless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's, I know Kirsten is always telling me, like, you need to get more hobbies in that. And it's like, I get it, but if I have a spare moment, I want to be in the field looking at Mm. the crop. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, it's just like a passion. I don't know what else you call it. Mm. Like, that's, Mm -hmm. it's weird to have something you work at that's your hobby. You you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. I still want, I still like gardening. I still like hunting. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think to say you need to go find a hobby is, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard to explain. Like, it, it's it's like not, it's not your first passion. Right. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not who you are or, or like mm-hmm. it's a little bit of who you are, but not, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. It is interesting. I find in the, in the farming world, I find that farmers tend to be like farmers through and through. It's it's not it's not just the job that they do. I'm mm-hmm. sure there are some farmers that are more like that, but but for a lot of them, it's like who they are as as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> sometimes I'm kind of hard on myself, and sometimes if when you put long hours in, you kind of wear yourself out. And it's like it's almost it's like I envy like I envy somebody working nine to five because it just it seems so simple. <laughs> You know, <laughs> just go done at five and then you got and but it's like I am 100 percent certain if I was there might be a day where I might have to do that. So I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not dead set against that, especially if anyone's working nine to five jobs like I don't mean to offend you. But mm-hmm. right now it would I would not be who I'm supposed to be in that place. <laughs> that would be a real growing and stretching time. In yeah. <laughs> that would be where you'd have to go to some of the scripture of like, like some of the Psalms. Where are Lament. you, O Lord? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um, anyways, we were, t- you talked about grain, like why we're in grain. So in 2006, mm-hmm. okay. So we had those, those, three bad years one after another and something there was some land come available i think for rent grain land oh yeah in 2006 uh one of my dad's friend old guy wanted to rent some land and and like thing grain farming was really bad then like Mm -hmm. there was not much money in it so there was land for sale for rent like but when you're starting out you don't want to go too far in debt because you don't yeah. like especially after three bad years it's like <laughs> we're gonna go broke quick here <laughs> uh, um, but some land come up for rent some uh, a little bit of land came up for sale so we 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 made a deal to rent it and and 
actually the same year in 2006, I think I told you this in conversation uh, a while ago, the, the commodity, like the futures trading commodity markets were opened up right, yeah. to, there was no restrictions. Hedge hmm. funds could trade wheat and corn um, combined with the ethanol you know, right. Where are we going to get mm-hmm. oil, renewable energy? So ethanol mm-hmm. was a big thing in the States. And and then prior to 2008, like the economy was booming. And so mm-hmm. people were throwing money into the commodity markets. And it like it was very lucrative times. Mm-hmm. And we grew mm-hmm. some good crops. Mm-hmm. And, and it's all, I don't want to say it's luck because I don't believe in luck. So it's it's obviously from the Lord for, for our personal story. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's timing, and so mm-hmm. we had some good crops combined with good prices, mm-hmm. and we like those three bad years in a row. I would say since then, so that would have been oh four. This is twenty twenty. The only bad year that we had since oh four mm-hmm. was two thousand twelve. Okay, the rest have all been good yields and good prices. Last year with the harvest it was a bit of a wrench. Was a wrench, but it actually like financially, it wasn't a horrible year. It mm. was still okay because the yields were good, and we did mm. get the crop off this spring, right? And mm-hmm. we didn't get full value, but we got two thirds kind of right. So it still was some loss, but it, it's not like we had the like 2012 was a bad year because it was dry that year too. Okay. Um, but yeah, we've had a lot, like all the, all the glory goes to God for having so many good crops hmm. and combined with good prices. Yeah. And so that's yeah. why we're more into grain production now because the, it just favor, like mm-hmm. it just favors grain production. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you compare that with the beef industry lately, it's, it's kind of a no brainer. Does Yeah. Well, the, the, the cows... We have some land that's only good for cows, so that's why we have cows too, right? Right. So that you have to consider that too. Um, but it, it is just easier to mm. make a living, I find. Maybe my passion isn't in cattle either. Mm. Um, but for, but for our family, like Kristen and myself and the kids, it's just it's a better fit with grain. Right. Mm. It's just kind of the way that it's yeah. developed and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you look back on the past 18-ish years, is there anything like, doesn't have to be just be one instance, it could be a few of times where looking back on it now, you can say God was doing something here. Yes, I would say, I thought about it, there's probably lots of them, mm-hmm. I just need to think about mm-hmm. it. But one, one that stands out to me is, I think it was maybe 2000. 16 or 7 no I think it was 17 2016 was a real wet fall we had trouble getting the crop off had to buy tracks for the combine (laughs) we got it off but the following year was really dry it was really wet to start and then really dry and it never rained for like 6 weeks Hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and I was pretty stressed about it extremely stressed about it um more than I should have been. Uh, hmm. I don't know. Just uh, maybe a dark time in my life, hmm. too. I mm-hmm. don't know. Listen to some lies, I'm sure, hmm. put in by the enemy. And then when harvest come around, 
the crop was a lot better than I expected. And it was very convicting for me to have such little faith during that time. And, and through that, I believe God showed me not, not so much that he's always going to prosper me, but through that, he showed me, like, Wade, you're a farmer. Mm-hmm. Count your blessings to do what you're doing because you enjoy doing it, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. However, this is not all life is about. Mm-hmm. You know, there is more to life than just farming. And mm-hmm. and that that, I would say, other than... When I became a believer, it was like more scales were removed off my eyes. Yeah. Like It's like a realization that if I couldn't farm anymore, for whatever reason, a disability, bad financial decisions, bad timing on something, family, like whatever, mm-hmm. that it's still going to be okay. Hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I've talked with other Christian farmers about this and I said like when you get to that point it changes everything hmm. not, not not that you're just some kind of carefree I can do whatever I want and buy whatever I want because it doesn't matter that's not what I'm trying to say it's just this is a blessing to do from God doing what I'm doing and enjoying it but he is the goal hmm. not the farm hmm. mm-hmm. you know? yeah that that's pretty major and and like from that it's not the same. It's not the same anxiety as it used to be. Hmm. You know, right? Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, having come through last year, twenty nineteen is a pretty dry year. In the midst of the dryness of last year, what was your attitude throughout that? I don't know. You were working for me. What was? I mean, there was probably some, like, come on, let it rain already. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think it was... Was there more peace throughout it? or I, I think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, then fall time come and then... <laughs> <laughs> the snow and... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that was a hard time. But mm-hmm. not like... Like if you had have gone through that, I guess maybe it's hard to say. It'd be hard to imagine. But like not knowing God's peace and and Mm -hmm. and, uh that would that have just been like a total yeah yeah like prior to that Mm -hmm. eye-opening experience Mm -hmm. i i would say yeah that that would have been it would have seemed a lot more hopeless than it was don't get me wrong it was still hard and (laughs) right yeah 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 (laughs) there was probably some days when i was probably like a lot more hourly than I should have been. <laughs> um, It'd be interesting. Like, I, I was a Christian from a very early age. And so sometimes I have a hard time. Like, <laughs> granted, when I became a Christian, I still had tons and tons and tons to learn throughout my life. So I still had to learn the things like of trusting God through this and that. And um, But I think my parents did a, they did a really good job of modeling things like that in, so that I could have their example. Mm-hmm. So I have a hard time relating to uh, what a non-believer would be feeling through like some pretty dark and, and uncertain times. And mm-hmm. sometimes it feels like it's it's a little bit too easy to just be like, well, yeah, times are tough. and But I know that God sees me and, and he's not ignoring where me and my family are. Like it seems like... Seems like such a Christian-y, all's good answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but of course, 
in the midst of those dark and uncertain times, it, it is very, it is very tough. But there's this just an amazing peace that the Lord can give. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I, I honestly don't know how you cope mm. without that hope. Mm-hmm. You know, I just I don't know. Like I used like I I was about 25 when I became a believer, so. Like, I try to think back to prior to that. But you're young and you're busy. Like, you really didn't think about that yeah. thing, sort of thing, at that age, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I remember I always liked the thought of religion, but I was like, that's for when I get older yeah, yeah. and get more serious, right? I'm having fun right now doing what I'm doing, you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's probably the, how a lot of people feel about religion. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a bunch of rules that I got to follow mm-hmm. that'll yeah. put a downer on this good time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Last week when we were talking about we were talking about prayer, and that got onto the topic of like giving God glory in in small things that seem minor in the mm-hmm. big grand scheme of things. And, uh, but, uh, I think a lot, a lot of times in the Christian walk, it's, it's just sort of, it's like the small things throughout the day of just a reminder that God is, is with you and has his hand in your life. Yeah. And that, that reminds me like I've a heart of gratitude. Hmm. You know, I believe is good evidence of faith in Christ. You know, mm-hmm. not to say that if somebody's grouchy, they, I mean, life happens, right? Snow falls in October, and you can't get in this like, ah, you know. But mm-hmm. but in when it comes down to it, like gratitude, being thankful for doing what you're what doing what I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. When I come back farming, I want to say this without sounding negative about people, but there was a lot of pushback. And it was like, what good was your university degree if you're just going to farm, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what? You know, like, I kind of avoided the conversation, but I said, well, I met my wife in university, so what's that? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Pretty dang good deal. Right. And then there's... There's people went through hard times, so I think that it stems from that. But it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you you can't make a living farming was a lot of the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not worth it. Like very just very ungrateful. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and and it's like actually no, you can make a living farming. Mm-hmm. God has given us opportunity to make a living farming. You just have to, first of all, you have to have faith. Mm-hmm. And second of all, you got to do something with that faith. Mm-hmm. You can't just sit and just, it's going to rain on me type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, yeah. And I, I think it's an opportunity to be salt and light. It's like, we're going farming today. Thank the Lord, you know? Yeah, it's a good day. Yeah, it's yeah. a good day. And still, like, so some people, oh, you get mad at that. You know? like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and actually, that, that reminds me of another time. It's not it's not a major event where God, like, really opened my eyes or spoke to me 
Um, but it was pretty significant still. Um, we gradually kind of got bigger. You know, if land came available, we we didn't go crazy. Like, we didn't out-compete somebody. Land just came available. Like, we get a phone call from a neighbor. Hey, you want to rent my half-section land? I'm like, mm-hmm. sure. Okay, go ahead. But uh, as we grew, we, we kind of got to the point where, like, I remember having a conversation with Kristen. There was a piece of land. I can't remember. We could have bought it. But we are like, we just bought some land. It's like, oh, we better not that's maybe too much and looking at land prices now it's like what were we thinking <laughs> but anyways yeah. a- after we didn't buy it and then we kind of got like we were remorseful a bit like oh we should have bought that land it's mm-hmm. right there mm-hmm. so we had a conversation and we we both i involved Kristen in most of the business dealings she's a pretty good sounding board like, your wife <laughs> is so crucial like, <laughs> uh-huh. um but we made a decision like okay so if anything comes available during this period we're, we're taking it mm-hmm. we're not gonna outbid anyone it's just if it comes available and we have an opportunity we're saying yes and so during that time we grew quite substantially okay yeah. um However, there was, I, I, I think I mentioned this to you, but like there's a farmer code. Yeah. You know, like if you're renting land in this area, nobody's going to phone the landlord to outbid you or up the rent. Right. That's like, you don't do that, mm-hmm. you know. But that stuff started happening. We, our landlords were informing us that there's guys phoning, wanting to rent my land. Mm. No, we had good relationships, so they never up to rent, but... It kind of like, it's like, oh, these guys, you know, it ticked me off. And so mm-hmm. for a period there, I was tempted to do the same thing. I'm like, these mm. guys are ticking me off. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start phoning around and an eye for an eye. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And praise God that I, I spent a lot of, t- like, I was mad in the situation. But thankfully, the Lord convicted me of that. Hmm. And through some prayer and some just time in the word, it, it was like the Lord spoke to me. He said, Wade, everything you have, I have given you hmm. by not being like that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So why on earth would you start now hmm. and, and ruin my name? Like the hmm. Lord's name, hmm. basically. Yeah. Because everyone knows I'm a Christian. Right. You know, for the most part. So, so why would you do that? That's horrible witness. Right. You know, and so it's like, how do you argue with that? Because, <laughs> yeah. because like looking back on all the land, on all of our expansion, I, I don't want to sound like I'm prosperity gospel here. That's not <laughs> what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But on all of our land that, and our expansion, our rentals, our rented land, it was all word of mouth. It was all somebody phone, like one, like it's mid, dead, dead of winter. It's like, should I rent some land? Who could I phone to rent land? The phone rings. Hmm. Hey, <laughs> you want to rent some land? I'm like, sure. <laughs> or you want to buy land? Sure. You know, and, and that's how it all happened like that. Hmm. We hmm. never, I don't want to sound prideful, but we never, we never outbid. We never hmm. chased land. We never, we never went to somebody and offered them more. So, so that was a kind of a, you know, be, be faithful with what you have. Right. You yeah. Know? Yeah. 
and good standing with mm-hmm. your neighbors, surely that goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Lord knows that uh, I, I was talking with Kitty about this a little bit earlier. There used to be surely like 90% of farmers were Christians. I, I can only, maybe I read too many Western novels or whatever, <laughs> but but it's it's not necessarily the case anymore. Like the Christian faith is is disappearing from the farming community. In, yeah, in, I, I is that a safe assumption? Uh, yeah, I would say. Where where can you trace it back to? All of a sudden, the farmers aren't hmm. in the faith anymore. Is it hand in hand just with the culture, like with the world? Right. Um, Maybe. Is that an interesting thought? Now you got me thinking, Kurt. I'm gonna do some historical <laughs> analysis. <laughs> yeah, that, that would that would be an interesting mm-hmm. study. Because mm-hmm. I, I was joking about with, with Kitty, I was joking like, hmm, I wonder when the rapture happens. Like, will will most of the land still get farmed? Or <laughs> <laughs> that's why drones are gonna do everything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Robot farms five years from now. Mm-hmm. But the rapture is going to happen in five years. Oh no! Wow, well, no drones. <laughs> drones are going to happen five years. From now. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, no, it's that really has my gears turning now. Because mm. because I know, like, I think back to my Gita barbecue. Mm-hmm. He was a believer, but from what I know, he didn't become a believer till he was forty-five. Okay. So, but my great Gita, who immigrated here, I don't really know much about him. Roman, was he, I, I don't even know, was hmm. he a believer? I don't know. Hmm. Okay, so Roman come in here, come here in 1906, he come with his wife on a ship. Hmm. No GPS, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> now, now our kid is going to school and the culture says, we got to get him a cell phone so we know where it's going to be. And it's like back then, they had no idea what was going to happen. And they just went. Uh, yeah. You know, this is very interesting because actually one of the things that I that I jotted down on, on what we could potentially talk about was like, I have the privilege of knowing this, obviously, because I know you. But one of the things that's on your mind lost these days is like technology these days. And especially when it comes to, to smartphones and like their influence on, do you want to get into any of that? <laughs> we might or, be here for a long time. <laughs> or, uh, no, that's or is fine. that another topic for another episode or something? That's fine. I'll try to mm. not be too hard on technology. <laughs> Yeah, especially because probably most people will be listening to this on a smartphone. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's no hope for this podcast because after this episode. <laughs> we don't believe in technology, so we're, just gonna <laughs> we're an Amish podcast. <laughs> Sorry, all the Amish people. Oh, oh they won't hear that. <laughs> But yeah, sorry. That might have been rude. Oh boy. Good times. <laughs> but it it just it is one of those things that, that just it plays into it plays into life nowadays. Uh, even I mean we I we've talked about this. Even farming, you know I, I'm not against technology, but I believe 
there is a lot of sales pressure mm-hmm. on the farmer nowadays, especially because there's always there's always a sale to be made to make. Uh, who, we all want to make more money. We all want to be more efficient, mm-hmm. but at what cost? Mm-hmm. And I believe there is a lot, especially with social media now. You can't take somebody's word for something because you don't know what sales pitch is behind that. And and that's why I'm a little bit just kind of gun shy of it all a little bit, hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Not to say if you want to try a new piece of equipment or new software, I'm not against that. But it's just like, wait a minute here. What is it actually going to do? Is it going to help me or is it going to hinder me? Hmm. We can grow some pretty good crops without any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Not to say we don't need to improve as well, but I'm just, I just want to encourage people to think for Mm -hmm. themselves and not just take somebody's word for it, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In this day and age of pretty quickly accepting and latching on to certain Mm -hmm. new technologies. Because there's always something, well, you can get a better yield for this five bucks an acre. Yeah. Three dollars an acre. Seven. Like, so we're throwing money at these things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait a minute. You know, when commodity prices downturn, say, wait a minute. We're not spending money on that. So if mm-hmm. you're not spending on that when margins are tight, what are you doing when mar- you're just wasting money? Right. In my opinion. Because actually, when margins are tight, you should be spending on stuff that makes you the, money. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of mm. yeah. There's always some snake oil to buy. <laughs> <laughs> Advertising brought to you by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it it does it goes hand in hand with who or what are you trusting in essentially? Mm-hmm. Because like you say, it's not necessarily a bad thing. A new piece of technology comes along, and you know who knows? Maybe it maybe it's a hugely beneficial to your farm or whatever. But what are you putting your trust in at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. You, you nailed it. Like, what are you putting your hope in? Hmm. You know. And I find uh, on young farmers now, there is a culture of pressure on them. The margins are tight. You need to grow big crops. You need to market properly. So there's lots going on, but there is, I I believe there's a culture of pressure on them that you need this to succeed. Like you need Mm. this gadget, you need Mm. this fertilizer. And it kind of plays into man's greedy heart Mm. down Mm -hmm. to it. Because if you have 80 bushel wheat, you can get 83 if you just do this. And it's like... What's wrong with 80 bushel wheat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, the, the, it's a little bit concerning to me when it comes to like, the topic of technology because of that. But I don't want to be negative on technology either. I just, mm-hmm. I just want people to realize that it's okay if you don't have it. Right. It, it's hard to talk about this topic without coming off as like technology is bad mm-hmm. stay away from it right mm-hmm. which of course we almost have to say it again and again and again mm-hmm. it's, it's not 
what we're trying to get at. But mm-hmm. but yeah, is all your hope in mm-hmm. this and that and this and that? It's just kind of like a almost like an indoctrination of the whole farming. Mostly younger farmers, I say, because they are looking for ways to succeed. So mm-hmm. it's easy for them to buy into that mm-hmm. culture, I guess. Yeah. And of course, they're they're buying their land at crazy prices. And so that just adds to the pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We'll have to get a young farmer on here sometime. To- <laughs> oh, yeah. It'd be, you know, it'd be interesting to, mm. to do like, like panels are the thing now. Yeah. Like, if, like. like have a panel of three or four farmers talking about this issue together. Because, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to... I have my... I know I'm a very opinionated guy on this, but, I mean, we can... I, I can't imagine where the conversation would go mm-hmm. if there was somebody that's very pro-technology mm-hmm. in on this conversation, you know? Yeah. We don't want any fisticuffs or not. But. <laughs> Make it a video episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, and then somebody that's, you know, middle ground. You know, that would, it, it, that that would be really interesting. interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm not idea. sure we're running out of Christian farmers, though. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll just put a call out on here right now. <laughs> we're desperately looking for Christian farmers to come on this podcast (laughs) actually that's one thing when i was on twitter was really encouraging to Hmm. see it there was kind of like a sub community of christian farm like north of rosburn it's pretty secluded because we're right up against the park and so i I often felt like like man who's a christian farmer around here yeah you know yeah but that was one thing, like, oh, there is Christian farmers out there. And mm-hmm. maybe I need to start another Twitter account, but just just follow Christian farmers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Leaves out some of the baggage of <laughs> what the farming community can get into. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's true. Every once in a while, there's, there's a farmer you come across on Twitter, and it's kind of like, oh, they're a believer. That's... Mm-hmm. Kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I guess speaking of Twitter and all of that stuff, this whole Farmers of Faith idea came to be because of you and Landon and I. We were we were part of a message board and something came up in that message board that prompted Landon to to start a message board with just him and you and I and he told us a cool story of uh, something that happened on his farm that hopefully maybe he'll be able to uh, come on the podcast someday and share. But um, it, like, cause he, we came up with the idea and uh, we talked about it and it's like, man, that's a good idea. But then of course life goes on and you, you get busy with this and that and this and that. And, and so then I guess it's just been bugging me so much over the past year and a half that I decided that, you know, something had to be done with it. And I felt a little bit silly taking that ball and running with it. Like, I just wanted to give this opportunity of like, you're, you're one of the guys behind this, behind this idea. And which actually segues into another thing. I was chatting with Landon just the other day and he came up with a really good idea of, uh, it would be really cool if we could have a segment on the episode where we take prayer requests. There's a, there's a little thing on the website where people can submit prayer requests. So I figured this would be good, a, a good opportunity to make people aware of. If you go to 
farmersoffaith.org. And we're still kind of working on things, so hopefully it works. But farmersoffaith.org, on that website, there should be a spot where you can click and submit a prayer request. And we can pray about it here on on the episode. There's there's a box you can check there that if you would like to have it prayed for on on an episode, we can do that. Or Or if you'd rather not, you can leave the box unchecked and we'll just pray for it on our own, which is just my way of... Sp- springing this on you (laughs) would you (laughs) would you be able to be a member of like the farmers of faith prayer team or when we do get a prayer request i can send out the prayer requests like you and landon and whoever Mm -hmm. else comes on board Mm -hmm. and then yeah oh for sure cool you gotta get landon on here yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i would love to like we we met him at uh at the egg days in in brandon Mm -hmm. and yeah Mm -hmm. he's the kind of guy like It'd be nice to hang out with him again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like and through here, here we're bashing technology, and then here I'm using my Twitter connections to to mm-hmm. think of like people that would be great to hear their story mm-hmm. too. And I I won't mention any names on here, but like I mean I I have quite a few that I could contact to see if they could come on. Yeah, um, yeah, that'd be really good. We also have to. I'll have. We'll have to reverse the roles and interview you. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot more daunting sitting on that end of the mic than it is. So, what's it like working for that Wade guy? Oh, I tell you. <laughs> no, I yeah, I'd be, I'd be willing to tell my story. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes you do, you feel like you don't really have a lot to share, but who knows? Maybe someone will. Yeah, like even tonight, like this time, I'm like, I feel like there's so much more I have to say, but mm. I don't know what that is. But yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know. Like it's it's something to like like you said. We we it seems like less and less farmers are Christians now. Mm-hmm. But being a Christian farmer, and as I mentioned, like it, it kind of feels a bit lonely, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I guess my hope for the and prayer for this podcast would be to spur and encourage fellow Christian farmers out there mm-hmm. to, first of all, see God for who He is, mm-hmm. um, and just just to uplift them you know if if they are feeling down or secluded you know that that's that's not you go through those periods for a reason but but i mean just just to just to help them out yeah yeah i'm excited to see what this turns into or or if it you know who knows maybe 10 years from now we'll have like 100 listeners (laughs) 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 and uh whatever that's that's fine that's great um but it's just, it was just one of those things that ever since we talked about it, it, it was just, I don't know. I, I think I, I think it's safe to say that the Holy Spirit is just prompting and prompting and prompting. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I have to thank you for taking the initiative to uh, follow through. <laughs> like, well, yeah. uh, it was half, uh, half being excited about it and half, man, I can't get this thought out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah i gotta thank you for being willing to to come on and it's it's got to feel funny like being on the first couple episodes of a new podcast kind of (laughs) like 
What am I signing up for here? <laughs> well, I, uh, the the first one with your brother Miles, I it was I really was encouraged by that. So it's like, oh, oh, good. Man, I don't know if I can ever top that, but <laughs> <laughs> it really is hard to sit down and try to cram a, a bunch of these conversations into an hour or whatever. Is you know, I think there will be a lot of room for people coming back on and sharing more and, and mm -hmm. especially because life goes on and mm -hmm. there's new things that come up in life and different lessons learned and mm -hmm. yeah i don't know i i never i never I, ne I never know how to start interviews and i never know how to end them so i guess i'll just say thanks for coming on wade <laughs> just need a big lightning bolt just to cut the power now and we're over yeah 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah we've been recording this during a thunderstorm in a kitchen as you can probably tell but, <laughs> no well, it was a pleasure Awesome. So there it is. Thanks so much, Wade, for coming on and, and sharing what you had for us. It was much appreciated. And uh, we look forward to having you on, on again sometime. We were talking a bit at the end there. We've got a website now. We've been trying to get the ball rolling on some things. Uh, so if you go to farmersoffaith.org, you'll find the website. On note on that, if you Google it, I don't think it'll necessarily come up because, I don't know, I guess we've still got to work on that, however that works. But if, yeah, if you type in farmersoffaith.org, you'll find the page. And there you will find the prayer request page. If you want to leave a prayer request, we'd love to pray for you um, on the podcast, if you would like. Uh, but there's also, if, if you leave the box unchecked, then our, our team will just pray for you uh, amongst ourselves. We also hope to have an, something coming, maybe, if it'll work, uh, an idea I was thinking of called Thoughts from the Cab, a phone line where you could call and leave a message of something that God has on your heart. The only stipulation being that you have to be in the cab of something, doesn't matter what it is, you have to say where you are, uh, just, I don't know, maybe to keep things fun, I guess. We can see who has the weirdest cab. But then also, yeah, to, to share actual wisdom that God's been laying on your heart. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see if we can get that running. Uh, but anyways, yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll try to keep these coming and rolling. Thanks. Bye.